As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Welcome to Android's Dungeon on CFRU 93.3 FM broadcasting normally out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario campus. This is not the normal edition of Android's Dungeon, of course. What is normal? What is reality? If you're referring to the things you can see and touch, aren't those just electrical signals being sent to your brain? No, in this case, this is Android's Dungeon based out of people's offices, desks, sex dungeons in their basement. Joel, clean up your sex dungeon, please. And you can't tell me what to do. You're right. I have no authority here. Android Dungeon is a show about books, movies, games, music, and especially board games. And today we are joined by a very special guest who I know nothing about. Total mystery. Unsure what's going to happen here. This could be one of the greatest shows, the worst shows, or perhaps it's going to be something that gets us banned finally. And finally banned from CF. <laughs> I can finally put that feather in my cap and I can walk away from this hellscape that is modern reality, or at least the... uh, And all you ever had to do was mention the Oscars. (laughs) Finally! (laughs) After two and a half years, three years, four years, I don't know. It's way longer than that. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, So I'm going to extend a heartfelt welcome to Jeremy. How are you, Jeremy? Good, Jack. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Uh, Jeremy, what have you been playing recently? What have I been playing? Uh, what I've been playing recently is pretty much the only thing I ever play uh, as far as board games go, and that is the great game of Crokinole. I have uh, often been been heard calling it the greatest game on Earth, and I stand by what I've said. But Jeremy, explain. Parody game. <laughs> yeah, explain what Crokinole is, because I don't know what this game is. You don't okay. I thought I, I thought I was gonna like you, Jack, but there's uh, at least two strikes against <laughs> you right there. Two. <laughs> <laughs> two yeah. Now we'll, we'll call it one. I'll I'll cut you some slack. Well, the first strike was for being friends with Joel, and the second strike was not for not, <laughs> that's for fair, not knowing that's what Crokinole is. But uh, <laughs> the, the easiest way to explain Crokinole would be to say that it is curling and, and shuffleboard in a tabletop version. And it still surprises me to this day, being in and around Ontario, the sheer number of people I run into and they don't, they either don't know what Crokinole is or they don't know that its roots are right here in Ontario. It was invented just outside of Tavistock, Ontario. And that is why they normally, not the last couple of years, but normally that is where the world Crokinole championships take place, usually the first Saturday of June, uh, right in Tavistock. There's nothing else there, but there's an arena arena full of crokinole enthusiasts putting their flicking skills to the test. You say crokinole is something that I think, like you're describing, the maybe the origins may be a little abstract to the average person, but I, I think most Canadians, probably, let alone uh, Ontarians, probably would have no idea about it. But the game has reached legendary status in some of these circles that I run in. And it's not just the sex dungeon enthusiast circles. It's outside of that circle. And it, it's weird to see guys like, let's say, Shut Up and Sit Down doing entire videos reviewing Crokinole. And yes. making the lists of some of their people's all-time favorite games up there with Mahjong. And... To me, Crokinole was always one of these obscure, and I'm going to choose my words very carefully here, uh, less loved but always available games that it would be you're at grandma's house and you're bored and you, you're looking around and you, what's this weird hexagon thing? Okay. Oh, look at these wood things. It's fun to hit stuff at other stuff. And all of a sudden you'd be sitting there and that's the game. And I didn't realize until way later in my life, especially as I fell down into this hobby, that Crokinole is so beloved by so many people across the world. Are you saying you're not a card-carrying member of the NCA? I'm a card-carrying member of many things, but that's not one of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can hook you up. First, we're going to need to create cards for the NCA, and then we'll, then we'll get one for you. Um, <laughs> what, one of the... 
One of my favorite things to hear about the game, and, and I think that it is extremely accurate, is that it is so incredibly simple to learn and so incredibly tough to master. Uh-huh. Um, it, we've, we've had the opportunity to be at some different PAX gaming conventions, PAX Unplugged, PAX East, and I've had people walk up and say, I've only got a half an hour. Is that enough time for you to teach me this game? And, <laughs> Do you have 30 seconds? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm like inside of two minutes. You're going to be flicking. If you've got a half an hour, we can we can probably play half a games. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, but it, it's so true. But once you get into playing, and then you're competing with your friends, and then if you venture into the competitive scene, there's just so many levels of skill to work your way through. Uh, there's so uh, like people will show up at competitive tournaments and say, you know what, uh, nobody in the family can beat me. And I go, all right, why don't you sit down across from Justin Slater? Uh, a seven-time world champion, and, <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, uh, he is. He, he's, his brother's uh, work. What's that? I'm a big fan of his brother's acting work, personally. But. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any relation there, but I could be wrong. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the the, ga- the game is incredibly simple, and I think sometimes people underestimate how addictive it can get. But I feel like a lot of it is the the uh, the tactileness of it that you're actually uh you know you're touching not just it's both a mental and a physical game because you need to be able to physically make the shots but then the strategy side of it comes in so it uh yeah it's a it's a great mix but obviously i'm biased so um, let's talk about your credentials because you know we don't bring just anybody on this show <laughs> it's not like we just randomly bring our friends on only the finest uh, hobos so right. let's see if I get this right, and you can correct me or like add to it if I miss anything. So you're uh, a World Crokinole uh, Championships finalist and the builder and supplier to the World Championships. Is that right? Uh, the second half of that is accurate. Um, I, I've, I've done quite well in the competitive Crokinole scene in NCA tournaments as well as at the Worlds. I have never made it to the finals in singles. The The best I've done at the Worlds was when my partner and I, I can't look, I placed second in competitive doubles. Okay, finals uh, in doubles is just as good, I think. I don't know. Yeah, yeah we're, we're right there in the hunt with, with the top uh, the top players. I think the, the best I've ever ranked at the Worlds in singles was 11th place. Now, um, when the NCA was running, there was a series of tournaments throughout the year, and they kept stats. I believe I got to sixth or seventh in the ranking. So it's crooked and, like tennis and that like doubles is not really respected in any way. A lot of people respect it more. It's a different game. Um, I enjoy both. I, I probably enjoy doubles more. It's more social, more people. And, but yeah, I, I love either one, but no, I, I feel like the more the the only times I've heard people speak negatively against it, like the the shut up and sit down review that you mentioned, uh, he uh, he made that comment that he didn't really find doubles as enjoyable. But I feel like that once people once people get more involved in the game and they play at a little higher level, um, they 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 tend to enjoy doubles more, and it's a better way to learn because. Um, Early on, when I started playing competitively, I started going to one of the best clubs that there is, and that's in St. Jacobs. And just the way it worked, every game you would have a different partner. And when you have the opportunity to sit across from a past world champion, John Conrad, and he's your partner, and he says, hey, Jeremy, instead of making this shot, why don't you consider that? You learn quicker with guidance like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, that's one of the reasons that I love doubles is the, the learning potential. It's more social. Um, yeah. I've only ever played it as in doubles in recent times. And this is where I get yeah. into, uh, I'm going to probably start a fight with a guest for maybe the seventh time uh, <laughs> in, in a week. And I'm going to say that I hate Crokinole. Yeah. And it, is, it is because uh, my fiance's family are sharks, Jeremy. And <laughs> when I sit down at that, at that table, I'm just sitting there. And I can feel my, I can already feel the, 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 what is it? Keratin? Is that what your, your fingernails are made of? Uh, shattering under the sheer stress of playing with these people. And it just feels like I, I, I can't think of it, but it's like going to the, the mini putt with Tiger Woods. And it's just one of the most frustrating experiences of my life. 
That said, when when I'm up on top, it's the greatest thing in the world. But most of the time, I am not. And you feel like that one guy, you know, last picked for a basketball or a kickball or something, where it's like nobody no, like, has to get you on their team. Somebody's got to get me on their team. So it's always one of those things that's like you know that that look in somebody's eye when they've played a game way too much and are way too good at it and they're just looking for someone to beat up that's, that's me whenever <laughs> i play euchre yeah so it's another one so so here, here here's my question for you like what do you what do you feel would be worth to you to show up at that next event having elevated your game to the point that that you were smacking them around I, I think i would pay at least uh 5 6 Seven dollars to accomplish this goal. <laughs> you knew exactly where I was going with this. I was trying to, I was trying to determine my my coaching fees of what I, what I was going to charge you for some high level coaching. You need and, to get a uh, net to capture all the moths that fly to my wallet when I open it. So, okay. But speaking right. of coaching, you are really like you have a YouTube channel and you and you do like lessons on it, right? And you monetize yeah. this channel recently. Yeah, we just uh, just uh, back in December, I think, when we finally hit YouTube's criteria to be monetized. And I said, I, I mean, nobody minds making money, but my, my goal, the reason I had the goal to monetize the channel wasn't so much because I thought I was going to get, I'm, I'm not going to be the next YouTube star off of my little niche of Crokinole. Uh, one of the major reasons that I wanted to get monetized is one of the driving forces with everything that I do with my business and, and the, the time and energy we put into it, uh, because it's my understanding that once you are monetized, YouTube will promote your videos more. So it's more likely to gain traction and get in front of new people. And I, I the, the Crokinole community has just been growing in leaps and bounds. It's growing that shut up and sit down video literally quadrupled my business. When did that come out? Three that years ago. Out. Yeah, it was, uh, I believe it was June 28th at uh, three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Back into the left. Back into the left. And how, how did uh, how'd you get the deal with the world championships to make their boards? That I, I inherited that because uh, the gentleman who trained me, uh, absolute gem of a, a human by the name of Willard Martin. He had been building boards for 30 years. His dad had built them for, I think, 20 years before that. Uh, but Willard was the official board builder for the World Championships. And he lives right here in this small town of Elmira, right around the corner from where I was living at the time. And it was him who took me in and trained me and introduced me to all his suppliers, just showed me everything uh, because he wanted to retire and he just wanted to see the he just wanted to see the tradition continue. So, um, yeah, he pretty much told the committee at the World Championships that 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 they should come to me for boards. So, uh, yeah, and well, uh, it's a, a fantastic positive pressure to take over for someone with Willard's reputation, as well as being the official board builder for the World Championships. Um, very, very positive pressure that we need to keep our standards extremely high. So can and, you please walk us through the process then of what it takes to build a world-class crokinole board beyond simply, I'm sure, just making sure the dimensions adhere to whatever standard is. Uh, make a smaller circle. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, one, of the, one of the keys is absolutely the quality of your material. Every one of our boards has a, a Canadian maple veneer is what, what is on the playing surface. It just has the, it's just going to give you the best finish, the smoothest and the, the best longevity as far as lasting for uh, years to come. They honestly, one of the hardest parts of the whole process, I mean, you, I mean, the strikes that are adding up against you are, I've kind of lost count. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's friends with Joel. Don, at first you said you didn't know what Crokinole was, but then you said you hated Crokinole. I mean, <laughs> can't keep the lies and, straight. <laughs> and then, right? Um, but then, I mean, you said something about a, a hexagon board and I'm like, no, 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 the only, the only boards we make are round, and that's pretty much all you're going to see in competitive crokinole is the round crokinole boards. But well, that's what I've been losing. I've been playing on the hex boards, so it makes no wow. sense. I've been set up. For uh, I know a guy. Made it some, <laughs> some the, phony. Right. <laughs> so I, oh, I'm playing cropinole. That's what I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I, I'm totally... <laughs> Well, and, and you know what? A, a hex board in the chat. Do you see that? 
It looks like a poker table. But it's which totally different. Know. So, like, when I was a kid, my only experience was this hexagonal-shaped pool table, which was called bumper pool. And you were okay. trying to shoot the, pool ta- shoot the pool ball off of your opponent's balls into the middle. So I'm pretty sure the rules are exactly the same. It, it looks and like a lot of fun, there's though. There's nothing special about Crokinole. It was already invented by people that play bumper pool. Yeah. Okay. No, just kidding. But uh, <laughs> basically, all, all I know about Crokinole is that we went to some friends' places on Vancouver Island this uh, winter. And they basically, that was like one of two games that they owned. So we ended up playing it. And uh, we played doubles and we lost. So Crokinole sucks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, Jack's being a little bit cheap here, but maybe maybe you can chip in and you guys can get some coaching together, like some group coaching. Or or you can watch the YouTube watch videos, YouTube for, free. videos for free. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. So before we go any further, why don't you shill your channel here? Oh, it's uh, Tracy Crokinole Board. So it's our, our last name is Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y. Yep. Tracy Crokinole Boards. And uh, on that channel, we do everything from, uh, we have a whole series of skills tips. Um, we have videos about um, board maintenance, uh, you know, how to wax your board, uh, different things like that. Is that uh, slang? Of, no, it's not. Although I should know better than to say things like that to the guy who keeps talking about sex dungeons. <laughs> you're going to wax your board and then you're going to start flicking? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Jeremy. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know what your listenership is like, but there's a, a, a I don't I don't yeah um, a couple of good friends of mine in the crocodile world put together a uh, a crocodile that's what she said list <laughs> a bunch of years ago and and some of the some of the more traditional people in the community kind of pulled them aside and hey you know family friendly game but yeah it was like, <laughs> wax it up and you know wax it up and slide it in they're just different yeah you know, there's there's, there's a, a a lot of a lot of some innuendo in the community there can be yeah and um yeah i've you, you got me all all discombobulated there oh, now I, for, yeah. I forget your question what's that the spot in the middle called a hole a hole yes it's called the center hole oh that's it yeah you're trying to click <laughs> it in the hole yes uh there's something and i i haven't made very i haven't made very many of them but somebody came to me and they asked me to make them it's called a five hole crocodile board so there's mm. the hole in the middle but then there's four additional holes out in the uh the 10 region of the board and those so if you drop it in the center that's worth 20 points but when we play on a five hole board if one drops into one of those extra holes that's out in the 10 it's worth negative 10 so obviously huh. when you're playing, instead of trying to, like, you could just knock your opponents off the board, but if you're vicious and malicious, you try to knock your opponent's button into one of those negative tens and knock their score down even further. Oh, and wow. when you, when you play that, then the, 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 the comments get even worse. Cause there's, yeah. Anyway. Um, well, it strikes me as like something that would it'd create maybe an aneurysm in the, the purest, uh, you know, crokinole community would be like, taking a tennis court and putting a, like a yeah it, it's like uh putting a bunch of like bumpers in in a tennis court randomly in the air or like uh, some sort of pinball type experience to an already hey. uh vaguely pure experience i suppose i i consider myself to be a fair bit of a crokinole purist and i still enjoyed i enjoyed playing on the five hole board it's the same as like uh you like you you guys have talked about playing doubles there is an option if you have four different colors of buttons you can play four player singles i've only played that a few times and as a purist it's kind of fun for something different um but i i don't ever see having actual tournaments of uh, four player singles but it, it just it changes the game it changes your strategy um but that's kind of yeah. all right well speaking of changing the game and changing strategy why don't you yep. walk us through what a professional or a tournament style uh play of crokinole would be like what sort of techniques and personalities and pure skill do you come across when you're participating in these and and how many and what's the big tournament so the there was a lot of questions there (laughs) i just i just shotgun blast you i'm sorry i was trying to get them all out of my head before i forgot 
that that's fine but uh, like i was saying to my wife i said joel reached out to me and said you know do you want to come on this this show and, and talk about crokinole and, and you said yeah. no obviously and then do do i want to talk about crokinole tough call <laughs> you're 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 combining two of my favorite things in the world talking and crokinole but um, so uh yeah try to as far as the the tactics and styles that you're going to get into i i feel like to get into that then we have to assume that anybody listening to this has a, a basic understanding of the game of Crokinole and well, how. Jeremy, how let me the- stop you right there. I, I never assume anything about our listener because, <laughs> frankly, the lowest common denominator tunes into this show. So you have to be very speak slowly and clearly, or else they will not listen. Like, you you've you but they don't even know how to spell it. Most people don't, and most people don't know how to say it either. The number of phone calls that I get, and they say, "Are you the guy who makes the holy boards?" And I just say, "Yes, <laughs> I am." What? Which color would you like? <laughs> See, that's one of those things. Like when you get one of those questions, like, "Are you going to be the prick that corrects them right on the phone?" I I try to slide in the 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 correction subtly later on, but not. You can't do it immediately, or else it's a sale. Goodbye. One of the things there can be a little bit of controversy about is that uh, the discs. What to call the discs? Okay. Um, I call them buttons and people ask me why. And I'm like, if you start doing videos and you say the word discs, discs <laughs> over and over again, you get tired of tripping over it and you just call them buttons. Yeah. But uh, I've had uh, there someone who thinks that the, they should be called discs because it sounds more professional. And I go, but it's, it's a board game. Like I love this game, but it's still, it's just a game. Um, but yeah, you can call them. And I've had people apologize to me on the phone. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they were called checkers. And like, you can call them whatever you want. I, yeah, I like that. That's not bad. Checkers. I've heard them called doogies. I've heard them called pucks, men, biscuits. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. You can call them whatever you want, but um, <laughs> just so call, when, don't call them stupid. Right. <laughs> um, but when when you're playing, the the basic gist of the game is that you're trying to knock your opponents off the border, at least into lower scoring regions out toward the outside, and you want to put yours toward the middle uh and ideally if it drops right in the center then you're pulling it out and it's set it's worth 20 points it's set aside to be counted at the end of the round so the number one skill you need to have in order to be able to compete is to shoot an open 20 so there's nobody else like when you start a round the first player is trying to shoot and drop their button in the middle for 20 points now i mentioned justin slater earlier who's a seven-time world champion and like i've played against him a number of times in different tournaments and typically we'll play a four round game and typically in one of those four rounds we've each got eight buttons i will drop seven of mine in for a 20 and justin will sink all eight of his (laughs) for a 20 and i look at him and say how the hell am i supposed to beat you (laughs) if you won't miss how am i supposed to beat you but uh Beyond that, like I feel like the most creative stuff you see is people that are are able to very skillfully angle off, like ricochet off an opponent's button, or when it gets really fancy, is you're ricocheting off an opponent's button and then a peg and intentionally bringing it back into the center hole. Um, and it, the I was just playing with a guy uh, this past weekend who's one of the best in the world. Oh, and, that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great player. Um, but one of the things, like we were playing, and at one point, uh, one of us made a shot, knocked the opponent's button off, and rolled ours out to the rolled the shooter's button out to the edge. And like for for a person watching that, they're like, oh, he was probably going for a twenty and he missed it. But no, the goal was to roll away from the center to not give my opponent any opportunity to sink a twenty. And it's it's those shots that I feel they're not going to make it onto a highlight reel, but they. Those are the skills that set that set apart the good from the great. Is the players that can control the slide after the hit, uh, control the way the board sets up. They're able to hide behind the pegs on their side. They they just set up situations where their opponent makes mistakes and has really tough awkward shots. So let me ask you something, Jeremy. When I when you're describing this, I'm just thinking through my head of all the different strategies and things. But uh, two big questions. First off, how often does a game just devolve into two people just shooting twenty after twenty back and forth? And it's just whoever manages to shoot that twenty more consistently. The dog's going crazy. Mosque. Hey. The um... yeah, whatever. Sorry. So th- there you go. You can answer that one, please. 
it, it happens. Like every single round is going to start with a twenties race. And there are people that go, Oh, people are getting too good at twenties, but somebody always misses. Now the now the truth is the person who misses first is kind of behind the eight ball. You've got a disadvantage. So yes, you need that skill, but uh, I'll give you an example. There's one person I play against. He is better at open twenties than I am. But as soon as I can get play away from a 20s race, I feel like I have the advantage because I'm better at controlling the board. I'm, I'm a little better at strategy. Um, so, yeah, open 20s are critical, but the, you're not going to win a world championship on open 20s alone. You need to have the other skills because if that's all you're good at, as soon as you miss, you, you're, you're pooched. You're not, you're not in the... You just, so would, you, would you say that's akin to saying, well, you can just win a bowling tournament by just taking strikes every time? Um, without having any experience with bowling, um, maybe. Well, so you throw a ball down this lane, and there are these pins. I'm being, I'm being a dick, Jeremy. Ignore me. <laughs> One more strike for Jack. <laughs> How many strikes is that? Is this like bowling? <laughs> and getting a... I was saying, yeah. Yeah, he's doing. He's doing, you're throwing nothing but strikes, Jack. Nothing he's getting but a one sixty in uh, in Crokinole, just like getting a three hundred in bowling. Um, see, there's another difference that uh, people are used to the scoring that you mentioned. So eight eight twenties would be worth one hundred and sixty points. But the way we play, and I get this question a lot, the way we play in NCA tournaments is if, uh, if if Joel and I were to sit down across from each other and play in an NCA tournament, I mean, it's a given that I'd wipe them off the board. Like, there's no question there. But beyond yeah, we'll that, <laughs> the way it works is we would play four rounds. Every round is worth two points. So in round one, it wouldn't matter if one player won by five points or won by 105 points. That round is worth two points. Mm, okay, so it's kind of like tennis or something like you just get the set no matter how you got it sure yeah so you you win that you win that round so you've got two points if you tie the round you each get one point so you're playing a total of four rounds so people will say but well what if you end up in a tie but the way it works in one of these tournaments is that basically you're you're going to play a round robin you're going to say you're going to play 10 games and it's an accumulation of how many points you've got throughout those 10 games is going to determine whether you move on in that tournament or not so you and I might sit down and tie, and then my next game I win 6-2, the next game I lose 8 nothing. but it's accumulation of those points. But the reason we do, one of the reasons we do the scoring that way is, like, you go to Tavistock, we've got 124 boards. You got 120 boards? 124 boards in action. So there's 124 so you got, so you games 240, I'm telling uh, Dougie Ford, 240 people standing there playing. <laughs> Oh, did we lose that Jack? When, yes. When the... Uh, maybe he got tired of being mean to me. <laughs> um, the, uh, these these kids today can't keep up with the technology, Joel. Yeah. But um, with, with all the... Like, the, the Tavistock tournament hasn't happened since June of 2019. But with all these games going on at the same time, if we did the what a lot of people are used to doing a race to 100 points... It could take one, like you and I could sit down and have a really even match, and it takes us 20 rounds before somebody gets to 100 points, whereas the table beside us is really lopsided. They get to 100 points in two rounds, and then they sit and they wait, whereas oh. in an NCA tournament... Every, is that got, better or yeah. worse? Like, you, you don't want to get cold, or do you think you get tired out? Well, it would just... I just... If I'm sitting there, I want to play. Yeah. So we've got, we've got eight minutes to play our game. We play our four rounds... And then you've got a minute to move to the next table, have a quick chat with your next opponent, and then you play that game. But it keeps things moving in a way that you never could with traditional scoring. The other thing I like about it is you get to the point in the round where you've got nothing to lose. It's like, I'm looking at it, I'm down and out. I can go for this triple takeout, bounce off two pegs and hope to drain a 20. If I miss it, I've still only lost two points for that round. Yeah, right. Because you, you know what I mean. Like, there's no. Yeah, it's you're not trying to like you get in that situation where you're not really trying to minimize the damage. You're just, I mean, it's all or nothing, which that lends itself well to my personality. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, maybe that's yeah, why. I, like it. But, I don't know if yeah. you wrote the profile or what, but found this like uh, 
I could probably Google you or something and find it, but it was like he he put Jeremy Tracy in, and he saw your your it was your picture and it was your profile and it said something like you have a reputation of going for it or something like that. Is that what you mean? You kind of just like yeah. uh, aggressive, maybe. Yes. Yeah, and and I I've told different people that I I play Crokinole very aggressively, and they think that I'm mean to my opponent, and that's not that's not what, taking that's not what I mean at all. If you and I sit down, I'm going to be mean to you, but in, in a general, in a, like in a, um, I am going to do my best to be <laughs> nothing, but um, but yeah, I mean, if there's a if there's a crazy shot, I'm going to go for it, and uh, sometimes it works out, and sometimes it doesn't, but I'd rather I'd rather take the chance and miss it than not um and sometimes it's to my detriment i know that but uh yeah i want to see uh, i wonder if it's uh is telling and because one of the things like i repeatedly talking about on this show is is disc golf because it's something that's kind yeah. of worked its way into my life and uh that's how yeah. i met you surprise surprise wait uh, i'm wondering if this translate yet let's just take a quick musical break we'll be back in two seconds oh, okay
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. I have returned from my computer crash, and what you just heard was two tracks off of the latest album from Cavern called L.A. L.A. from Cavern, some dark synth. First track, L.A. Sunrise. Second track, California 78. Carry on, Joel. It was garbage. Joel, I am sick of you. That's <laughs> anyway, a mean yeah. strike. I was just saying, you know, I met Jeremy playing disc golf. Uh-huh. That's the end of his story. That was, that was it. Ribbon, that was story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jeremy, why don't you pick up the slack? What? What's? Uh, is there some sort of bizarre crossover in the world of Crokinole and disc golf, or was this? Uh, uh, is this just fate? Bueller. He's back. Uh, he's back. And he's gone. Um, there, there is a little bit of crossover. Um. One of the reasons that I get into disc golf is because one of my crokinole friends from a place called Voorheesville, New York. Uh, Voorheesville. Oh my God. Vore- I think you don't pronounce the H. It's Voorheesville. Yeah. Well, um, but is it like Jason? Jason Malloy. <laughs> no, I meant like this the, the killer with the hockey mask, Jason Voorhees. <laughs> oh, small. I'll have to tell him that. I'm going to have to get him a hockey mask now. Yeah, that's um, this is an obvious joke. I'm sorry. Please go on. Yeah, no, I'm answering the fact going, yeah, it's Jason Malloy. Going, How do you know Jason Malloy? He's a great guy, but I don't even know him. Like, He's a great guy. Small... He is a fantastic Voorhees. guy. Great guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Voorheesville. And what's interesting is, is Jason started what it's called the Extra Pint Propanol Club. And it has been one of the fastest growing, most successful, most fun clubs I've ever known of. And uh, I actually traveled down there a couple of years ago and played in their U.S. Open Crokinole tournament. They know how to put on a show. And, and anyway, but he found Crokinole because he was watching disc golf videos and it came Crokinole video came up as a recommended video. And uh, I think there is some crossover to it because this is I mean, these are the types of games that I enjoy. Um, you've been offending me. Like discs. Disc, yes. But Anything Jack's been circular. Go ahead. Have you ever tried juggling? I can or juggle. Shot, I, shot, put? I, shot put? What else is a disc-related game? Hmm. Oh, you're thinking like discus. Oh, or, checkers uh, maybe. Eh, it's the, it's the <laughs> dexterity. The dexterity part of it that attracts me, not, oh, yeah, the, uh, not so much the disc the itself. Now, does the does the <laughs> does your sporting interest extend to golf proper or other uh, more traditional sports, or is, does it start and end at something like disc golf? Do you know what's funny is that I I mean I used to play golf like once every year or two, you know, uh-huh. and I said I can't get into that because it takes too long. Who can go out and spend half of their day? playing a, like playing a sport. I can't, I can't, I just can't justify doing this with my time. And now I go play disc golf with Joel. And for some reason, he always is just good enough to tie me. So we <laughs> end up staying to play a tiebreaker. And next thing you know, I've left my house at eight in the morning and I don't get home till four in the afternoon <laughs> and I've been playing. And so that's why I never played golf and look at me go now, but no, I, uh, all that to say, I haven't played golf in a few years. Um, yeah, I may try to get it. Yeah. This is more my speed. Or uh, other, have you ever played the game catacombs? No, I was just curious because that's another, you could, you could watch the shut up and sit down video, I guess afterward. But I was just curious if your, your interest in the, the flicking style games, uh, I guess, flick them up as an obvious one. Um, if you've ever played any of those too, to apply your, your probably elite, uh, crokinole capabilities to them. I've played, I, I've played caroms twice. Um, that's that the only familiar. Other it's it's similar. Uh, caroms is huge in like Pakistan, India, and uh, a couple of years ago, I traveled to Budapest and played in World Cup of crokinole, and there were people there from France and Italy who were big time carom players, and. Uh, yeah, there's definitely crossover. Like these people that have played caroms and then crossed over to crokinole, they could shoot extremely straight. Like their flicking was, yeah, they were on point with their flicking. 
Um, mm-hmm. Still not still not good enough to overtake the Canadians, but they were. Pretty- oh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's go. That's that was part two of my question. I'm not sure if you answered it while I was disconnected there, but in these tournaments, what type of people are showing up to crocodile tournaments and what countries are you seeing? Is it represent all of the world? Are you keeping an eye on the Japanese players? Uh, like what's the story here? <laughs> when, um, when we go to Tavistock, it's called, it's called the world championships of crocodile. Uh, but I mean, the vast majority of the people there are from Ontario. Um, there's a team that comes in from Prince Edward Island. I think there's usually like 12 or 14 of them. We have people from most provinces show up. Uh, I think the last time it ran, there were people from nine different states. If anybody's listening that actually knows this, I'm not trying to lie. If I'm wrong, it's not because I'm trying to lie. I'm just looking on memory. There were a few... Nobody's listening. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> there were a few other comp- countries represented. I can't remember for sure now which ones. I know when I went to Budapest and played, they called theirs the World Cup of Crokinole. And uh, I remember when I was there, we were hanging out outside at, outside at one point, and somebody came to me and said, like, do you think the, do you think the folks at the NCA and the World Crokinole Championships were offended by this being called the World Cup? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Because Congratulations on the World Series. Yeah, it's just it's just building the momentum of this game, and yeah, it's gonna it's going to branch out. And there were a lot of really good players there, but we had at that World Cup in Budapest, there I think there were eighty or ninety players, fourteen different countries represented, and that was fascinating. And I actually felt bad for the people there that knew how to speak multiple languages because they were being called in to translate constantly because us arrogant Canadians only speak one language <laughs> where a lot of the Europeans, a lot of the Europeans will speak three or four languages. Well, well to be well, fair, Jeremy, the most, there's only one good language. Players. Yeah. There's only one good language. Only one good language. You heard it here first. And it's called winning. That's what it is. Right. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Joel, please. Uh, I thought I was, was going like, to say, what country has the most players? Canada. Yeah. Canada. Nice. Really? Yeah. And it was invented yeah, here, is that right? Yes. Yeah, invented in Tavistock. And I mean, the the NCA, the, there's a series of NCA tournaments. The vast majority of those are in Ontario. There's one in Lewiston, New York, one in Voorheesville, New York. Um, but yeah, the core of them are here, like uh, London, Brucefield, Owen Sound, St. Jacob's. Um, I love that you say St. Jacob's, because St. Jacob's is also one of these weird uh like disc golf um meccas so st jacobs is a disc golf mecca that's news to me too oh st thomas sorry there it is (laughs) it's still but it it doesn't (laughs) you should just know it's a place in ontario so it's a saint something right yep yeah but uh all right jeremy What I want to know yes. too is what's the what are the what's the drama? What's what's the stuff that causes people to after a tournament is done or after some very serious games of Crokinole, what causes people to analyze moves or determine that somebody was playing incorrectly or perhaps they were cheating in some way? Like what's what's the dirt in the Crokinole professional scene? Oh, what's the borderline legal flick? There's illegal what's flicks. The- What's the dirt? I mean, there can That's be controversial. controversy. Yeah. Uh, there can be controversy over uh, the use of wax, the playing wax in the gutter. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty controversial. Okay, so um, explain it, please. <laughs> there's, there are some people that don't think that wax should be used at all, uh, but wax gets used. Like, you just have a shuffleboard wax in the gutter, and... Um, Basically, this is the best I can come up with for drama for you because it's actually as competitive as I am. It's one of the things that I absolutely love about the Crokinole community is how little drama there is, little actual drama there is. Um, no drama. Yeah. No drama, Obama. Not really. I mean, what what drama is there in disc golf, Joel? Like, I mean, when well, I'm not trying to cheat every time. What's yeah, that? I got a birdie there. Right. Who cheats? He's he's accusing you of cheating, Jeremy. I think. Oh wow! Takes one to know one. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, at, at the level of disc golf that we play, what's the drama? Like, I mean, there's no, there, no, you know, not really. It's 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 a bunch of it's a bunch of dudes out and and dudettes out throwing plastic through the woods. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, for for Crokinole, there's times I take it seriously, and there's other times. My son said it best because him and I made a trip to. Um, louisville and we we visited people and uh, played some crokinole with them and nolan uh extremely good my son extremely good crokinole player and uh we visited for the evening and afterward he was like these people were just enamored they were just in awe because i can flick a piece of wood across another piece of wood more accurately than they can right (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's a a simple thing and you know when somebody especially when they try it themselves I, I think really most people would look at that and say, well, it looks a little tricky, but I, maybe I can yep. do it. And then they try it themselves and it, they realize how difficult it is. It's like, I can, I can hit a ball that's flying at me at 110 miles per hour. What's the big deal? I can right. <laughs> run across a field for 90 minutes, chasing a ball, kick it in. <laughs> What's the big deal? Yeah. Well, just like um, a golf tournament too, I suppose. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, back to your question. I mean, yeah, I, I was kind of being foolish about the about the playing wax, but there are people that think that you shouldn't use wax on your board because they think it wears the board down. Um, there that's, are people that, that, that's sorry to interrupt you, Jeremy. So that's not necessarily well, controversy in the sense of people you saying sell more boards. Well, I was going to say more in the sense of like keeping pine tar for a pitcher in the in the pocket or something but it, it it's more right. just like oh well don't do that don't it's like leaving your computer on for too long or something i wouldn't advise it but nobody's sitting there yeah, accusing which you sounds like you've done <laughs> <laughs> right yes um i i think one, one of the challenges i mean there's so many great things with the game but one of the challenges is also its greatest attribute that there are rules that there is not that aren't black and white mm-hmm. i will get people on my youtube channel and go well what about this situation what if you? What if someone bumps the table and a twenty falls in? Does it uh-huh. count? Well, we have question, what happens. Well, we have a rule against bumping the table. You're not uh-huh. allowed to intentionally bump the table. But yeah. I actually did. A, I actually did a video on this. I was playing at the Ontario Doubles Championships. So um, it was, and it was prestigious uh, event. Friend. Yeah, it's in uh, Brucefield, but I mean, it is. It's a more intense doubles uh, tournament than even at the World Championships, and I, I won't get into why. But it's, uh, yeah, it's more it's more coveted to win that. But I believe I was in a semifinal match. It was myself and Roy Campbell playing against, I think it was Connor Ryman and a guy by the name of Andrew Hutchinson. Andrew Hutchinson is one of the best. He, I mean, his last couple of seasons before things shuts down, he was just incredible. Uh, he won a lot of tournaments. He even beat the, the uh, revered Justin Slater a couple of times. Anyway, at one point, Andrew bumped the board and knocked a 20 in for us. And this was, it was, a, it was an, I think it was a semifinal match. Like it was important. It mattered. And there's no black and white rule over it. So there's four players looking at each other going, what do we do now? And Andrew said, you know what? I bumped the table. That was my fault. Your 20 counts. He pulled hey, it out. He said it like, in our 20 counts. The way you would rule it, like whoever does the bumping, it just can't work in their favor maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, basically, we're in a timed match. So we need it to keep going. But the four people around the table went, yeah, I guess this is what makes sense. Let's go with that and keep playing. I have well, never yeah. seen a situ- I've never seen a situation even in like a a super intense match where the two players at the table couldn't go. Uh, okay, I think this is what it should be ruled. Yeah, let's do that and keep going. All right, but Jeremy, uh, how much money was on the line? Uh, at that tournament, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred bucks. Okay, so let's let's up the stakes and let's reimagine yep. the scenario where all of a sudden half right. a million's on the line. Yep. What do you think would have been the result? In that exact same situation? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess well, the point of the thought experiment isn't necessarily to have you to like go back in time and recreate it, but it, just in the sense, it feels like maybe it, it'd be like saying in disc golf where it's like if you're over the line slightly in a regular tournament, you know, who cares? What's the big deal? But when when the when the prize pool and the prestige hits a certain point i feel like that's when it's fun in games until 
half a million dollars on the line because some goof bumped the table or uh, right. <laughs> took too long of a run up, I guess. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Like I'm, I'm of two minds, and and I'm also cognizant that having one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake can be not give you the best results. But there's a part of me that wants to see this game. Like I say, it's my mission to get it out there, get bigger tournaments, bigger clubs. I want to see it build and grow, but I'd hate to see it grow to the point that it ruined. Uh huh. The, I gotta the, imagine that with half a million the on the line, we got absolutely technology, maybe like a camera pointing down from above and you could just recreate the position yes and and that's i mean there's some of (laughs) there's some of the uh there's some of the official crokinole rules that are written the way they are because we don't have instant replay to Uh in order to like joel you and i still don't know whether you were asking me serious questions or just busting my chops (laughs) with your questions i I was totally messing with you But it was like, yeah, care. what if one what if one bounces back out of the gutter? But anything that leaves the playing surface goes back in, it doesn't count. But any yeah. damage that it creates, so if it moves buttons around on the board once it re-enters, the damage that it causes stays where it is. And yeah, how are you supposed to reset that? that? Yeah. Yeah. You and I could sit there and argue about where it was, but we can't argue about where it is. Yeah. Well, that, so, that would make sense to me. So Yeah. Um, but mm. there, there's a couple of rules that are written that way to try to keep the to just try to keep it simple, especially in a timed match, because you've got 124 games going on and there's a there's a ruling controversy. It's not like we're going to stop the timer and get everybody to sleep so they can make a ruling. They just yeah, it's the I want to see it grow and I want to see it as much as possible. Hold on to this just spirit of 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 fun. Um, well, in, well, in the same vein, unfortunately, speaking of time limits, we are at the last minute of the show. So I want to ask you before we go, unless Joel has something he wants to put in. No, Joel, go ahead. I was just going to say, Jeremy, how would somebody get into Crokinole if we know nothing about it beyond what we've heard on the show and we're desperately interested? What do we do? Come to my house and play. <laughs> All right, Jared, can you just tell us your address and phone What's number and social insurance number? number? <laughs> yeah. Credit card I'm, I'm not that I'm not that I'm not that hard to find. Um, <laughs> no, Jeremy I mean, Tracy. I, yeah, and and maybe because I'm friends with you guys, people wouldn't want to come hang out with someone like me. But around around here, I'm willing to bet if you threw a message out on whatever social media platform you like and go, all right, I just heard about this crazy game called Crock and Holy or something like that. <laughs> who's, got, who's got a board? Um, I'm, I'm willing to bet that someone in your circle of contacts has one and would be, uh, yeah, and would be willing yeah. to, uh, to get together and play a game. Or maybe the guy with the board on his van would be willing to play. Maybe. Yeah, and uh, we'll I've already invited. Sorry, I've Jeremy, already please. invited Joel. I've already invited Joel over for a match, and uh, he hasn't. He hasn't accepted yet. But I'm yeah, I heard you're a super spreader. So yeah, holding out. Super spreading a point in his direction, <laughs> fool. Right. Yep. All right, we're gonna show your website and your channel and everything else. Uh, check out Jeremy Tracy on YouTube. Check out Tracy Tables. His whole clan is is represented on the website. You can pick up tables if you're interested, or boards, excuse me, and uh, and check out everything related to Crokinole because it sounds like we have been speaking to some sort of god in the community. And uh, I look aspiring. forward to Jeremy when somebody <laughs> says, "If you're a god, you say yes." So oh, let's okay. just keep going with there. <laughs> Thank you for listening, Android's Dungeon. Check us out at cfru.ca for archives check us at 80 radio cfru on uh i think that's the email address i can never recall check us on twitter droid dungeon radio and thank you jeremy for joining us today this was a an excellent chat and i it's always interesting hearing about it, it, it's funny because it's i feel like crokinole is a subculture into itself but I, I always forget that what we're discussing is a subculture so it's a sub subculture it's extremely <laughs> Uh, uh, chthonic, I suppose, but that's a very pretentious phrase. So we're just going to keep going past that. You're going to pontificate a little bit with your big words. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> it's been a blast. I look forward to meeting in person and flicking some discs. Absolutely. Have a good one, Jeremy. Talk to you later. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> I'm Jack. I'm Joel. Bye bye, folks. <laughs>